Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. If you feel your motivation needs a jolt today, it's time for a pep talk to get you positive and in motion toward your goals. Today on episode 24 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Denise Gable. Denise is a can-do-ologist, seeing life through the eyes of can. She's going to help us all be more of a can-doer with the opportunities and challenges that come our way and how that definitely affects our personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. Sadly, there are too many Eeyores in our world and not enough Tiggers. Wet blankets quell the enthusiasm of creative and optimistic thinkers, either with their cynicism or their learned helplessness. That learned helplessness term uh, by Martin Seligman, he shared that the wrong way to look at life's hard things are through the lens of the three Ps. When we say it's personal, this is only happening to me. It's permanent. This is going to last forever. It's pervasive. This thing is ruining all the facets of my life. You can see how that puts you in a gloom and doom mood pretty quickly, huh? Not GFT listeners, though. No, no. We're going to choose our mindset. We're going to choose our happiness. We're going to choose to look for solutions in the context of community. One client I coached had an I can can to put affirmations in, and she'd pull one out a day to remind herself of all the things she does have control of. I love that. And I bet my guest today also has some great tips for us. My guest today is Denise Gable. Here's a little bit about Denise. She is an international best-selling author, professional speaker, and mentor on the power of change, During her tenure as the Chief Innovation Officer at Filene Research Institute, she led the prestigious I3, Ideas, Innovation, and Implementation Program throughout the U.S. and Canada. Most recently, Denise served as the Chief Operating Officer at the Northwest Credit Union Association. And Denise also serves, for one more day, as the president of the National Speakers Association Northwest Chapter. Throughout her professional career, she has embraced and inspired others to embrace living with a can-do mindset. This has helped her and her team she has led get the right things done with enthusiasm. Denise is a lifelong learner. She's a summa cum laude graduate of Eastern Washington University. I too was summa cum laude, thank you very much, and served as a member of the Berkeley Innovation Forum at the University of California, Berkeley Haas School of Business. She also graduated from Harvard Business School's Women's Leadership Forum. Denise lives in the Seattle, Washington area. After her husband and soulmate passed in 2020, she carried all of us with her on her journey. She taught us what true love looks like. She's a woman who can ugly cry and inspires us at the same time. She's courageous, except she always needs nitrous oxide to have her teeth cleaned. You know, that's that's okay. That's all right. And Denise loves shopping and fashion, and her love for animal print and bling will one day manifest itself into an accessory line for self and home. 
I've met Denise several times virtually through the National Speakers Association Northwest Chapter, and I can't wait to meet her in person for the first time tomorrow in Seattle. Welcome, Denise. Thank you so much. Woo. So, so much to talk about in your illustrious career. You were in the Berkeley Innovation Forum and used to be a Chief Innovation Officer. I think that's such a fun title, by the way. What cool things did you get to lead in those roles and how did it feed your creativity? Well, thank you for the opportunity to be with you on the podcast with your listeners and uh, provide a little energy. Uh, you obviously started with a lot of energy, so it's going to be a fun hour. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that was a cool title. Uh, and it was a thing that uh, one of the things I actually insisted. I mean, if you if, if you can't have everything, get a cool title. <laughs> so, uh, and it, it really was a conversation starter. People would say, you know, chief innovation officer. I'd be like, oh, yeah. And at times I would have to, you know, extrapolate that. Um, that our mission for the U.S. and Canada was to create products and services and then turn those back to consumers. So uh, one big, big success, if it's in your market, uh, prize link savings or save to win. And that is a, a lottery-based savings. The more you save, the more chances you have to win a prize. You, you, you can't lose your deposit. You always get your interest or your dividend and a chance to win a prize. That was actually created in our I3 program during my tenure. Wow. And, oh, yeah. You know, that has garnered millions of dollars in deposits when, you know, consumers weren't saving. So it was a new idea uh, brought to the U.S. by Dr. Peter Tofano at Harvard. So it was a delight to work with him through that innovation program. They did a lot of the work on uh, advocating for policy change. And then now gosh, I don't know, upwards of 20 states have actually changed state laws to be able to offer that product. Wow. So I, I was the head of that, uh, that program. And I would say that, you know, one of the, the coolest things in that job was to be able to first, you know, spot the talent that you could have a sense for who has that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit yeah. and some of those competencies. And then you'd harness them together, put them in project teams so they could work around the U.S. and Canada virtually, bring them together a couple of times a year, just pick a city and have something fun for them to learn and, and grow. And uh, we could learn from them and then, you know, turn them loose. And so basically what you did is you ignited that innovation competency among credit unions, uh, which they're already very innovative as credit unions, but this was kind of an accelerator and so many of them, uh, kind of a secondary byproduct, so many of them have gone on to be CEOs of their organizations. So wow. that was a wonderful job just to teach some innovation methodology, inspire the people and get out of their way. That <laughs> basically was my job. I love the term igniting innovation. Boy, we should probably uh, hashtag that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, igniting innovation. Because you know what? A, a whole bit of ideas doesn't really matter. Right. You know, it's, uh, and that's why the program was ideas, innovation, you know, what problem you're trying to solve. But we had to go that third leg of implementation. Implementation. Right? Yeah, you've got to bring it to market or it's just a bin of ideas. So right. That, that was a great job. 
Oh, that was that so much fun. Because I've heard creativity is the ideas and innovation is actually making it happen. <laughs> That's right. That's and so, you know, there's, there's idea seagulls out there. <laughs> and they're in the workplace, especially. They fly by and they drop an idea and they keep flying. Oh, oh yeah. You have, yeah, you got to be careful with those people because they're expecting you to do all the implementation and nobody's bought into that no you know and especially when they fly by on a regular basis imagine the free on your workspace yeah. <laughs> i'll give you a visual of I the love the image by and just yes. keeps dropping ideas oh and i know those people well and sometimes i are one uh <laughs> because i, I love ideas too you know, I teach the four animal personality styles and that's the otter style, you know, that expressive style. And uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. They just, they, they're an idea a minute person and you're right. They come to their staff meetings or they, they walk by a cubicle and they drop the ideas. They make it. So person has zero buy-in had zero input yep. uh, at, at the front end. And they have no idea because the thought isn't even fully formed. And I could just picture the seagull sort of <laughs> pooping the idea <laughs> and saying make it happen nice trail oh and the resentment uh could really jump up but yes but they're usually really fun people too so uh we'll they give them some credit people. yeah but you know once we realize that's who they are and that's that's who everybody else is that's that's the magic it that's is the, that's the, the can do <laughs> Well, you're also uh, the COO of the Northwest Credit Union Association. I bet you that that had a lot to do with creating a culture. So what culture did you seek to foster while in that role? And, you know, just maybe elaborate on how do leaders create and nurture the desired cultures that they want? Oh, I love that question. And that, that was also a great job uh, provided to me by uh, Troy Stang who recruited me to come to that organization. And he tried to get me to come to work there for a couple of years. And I kept saying very politely, oh my gosh, I'm so humbled, honored, and no thank you. Uh, that really sounds boring. Uh, once I've worked at the international level, why, why would I want to work at the regional level? And uh, you know, to his credit, he had that can-do, not give up spirit. And he mm. came back um, multiple times. And then he finally said, Denise, I don't think you're getting it. I want to build, and this was originally Troy's vision. You know, he wanted to build something that no one has seen before in mm. a regional trade association and, you know, high trust, high accountability, direct impact to our members, good stewards of our members funds. And I said, Oh, Oh, that, Oh yeah. I'm good at that. I'm a, I'm definitely a builder. I love people and possibilities and building. And so um, basically I asked Troy, well, you know, if I took that job, what would you do? What are you going to do? Cause I don't, I don't need you in my business. You know, what am I, what are you going to do if I'm your COO? And he said, I'm going to get out of your way and you can make it happen. And I said, that's the right job for me. <laughs> and so we set about doing that with an incredible team. And it really is. I've written about that specifically in this book, this forthcoming book, and then it'll be in, I've already committed, I don't know why, but I've committed to a second book. Of course. Uh, of course, you know, because you can. Uh, but we really set about creating something with super high trust, a lot of accountability, 
you know, no turfs. We wanted to break down the silos and we wanted to demonstrate, you know, that it really could be done. And that is kudos to the entire team. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the, what's the biggest key to the success of the culture? I hear it all the time. It's the leaders. Yep. You can make some impact from wherever you're sitting for sure. But if we don't see the vision and mission modeled from the top, that's a huge disconnect. Yep. And so, you know, that's with, with can doology, the, the subject I speak about and can do mindset is that, you know, 85% of that is learned through modeling mm. alongside others, watching others. We do it all the time. Yep. You know, you're in a board meeting or you're in a meeting and, you know, you've never been in this type of meeting, but you're, you're watching to see, well, how does, how does the agenda get established here? And what happens to people that wander in late? What happens to people that, you know, monopolize the conversation? And you learn that through uh, social learning and observation. So that's really what we set about doing. It is a world-class trade association. It is growing and flourishing. And uh, I was so delighted to be a part and so honored to tell Troy at one point, my gift has been given. It is time for me to fire my own ego and, and move on. You know, people were ready to step up. And that's, that's the job of a good leader in the culture also is to make room for the people who are ready mm. to take on more responsibility. And so I thought, well, I'll just build my next rainbow and I'll move on to, I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, here I am championing change and uh, that's just at my core. So yeah. Wow. So many good things there. I love the uh, get out of their way. You've said that twice today. So with innovative people, um, that sounds like that's a priority. Like if you micromanage an innovative person, uh, game over, right? Because they're just like, I can't create with this lid uh, over the top of me. So that was a big one. Uh, I love how you say we're, we're always watching what's being modeled to us. And you made it really practical when you said, like, at a board meeting, how does the agenda set up? How do we deal with a late person? Um, I never I never thought about that, but it's but it's true, right? As a leader, you're being watched all the time. And people are, are they're, they're picking up on your cues. And um, you're, you're never not in the glass bowl, which, of course, as a leader, that's a heavy burden to carry uh, many days. Um, but to think about the power of the influence that you have to set a culture because everyone's watching you, that, that's a big deal. And then uh, you said making room for the ready. <clears throat> uh, so know when it's your time to step out and you could bring your ego with you, put it yep. in the suitcase, <laughs> exit stage, right? And allow someone else to thrive because you will find another, what do you call it? Rainbow, right? Yeah, You'll, we'll next rainbow. yeah. Yeah. And you're going to add value. It's not like you're going to be bored because we, we can't do that. I don't know what bored is. No, it's a bad thing. <laughs> for a, a doer is to be bored. <laughs> totally, totally. That's happen. <laughs> yes, which could be the answer to this next question. Uh, why did you throw your name in the hat for becoming president of the Northwest chapter of the National Speakers Association in the last couple of years? Because I know there's a, a succession process there. It wasn't just one year. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, and uh, of course you're coming on to that board 
And so it'll be delightful to meet you in person, like you said, tomorrow at the meeting tomorrow. Yes. And, uh, you know, cook up some plans for the next couple of years. I threw my name in the hat, to be honest, when I got uh, started. And that was about, I think, three years ago in that succession line. I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm capable. I, I can do that. I can add value. And I was invited. So uh, for your listeners, that's a real key when you're looking at succession planning and how to get more people involved. You know, we're often frustrated that, you know, the 20% do all the work. Never underestimate the power of an invitation. So Lisa invited me and I said, oh, oh, okay. Now, why did I stay? Because I'm a builder and I could see for our chapter that my gifts were really needed in this last, you know, trying to come out of COVID, yeah. this post-COVID environment. The world is different. The programming cannot be the same. Our members are different. And I thought, man, this is my time to shine. Uh, this is my time to co-lead with two other leaders and begin to stop the dysfunction or Denise's words, dysfunction. In the past, what I had seen is one leader at a time led their year. And my mind doesn't think that way. It is the chapter. It belongs to the people who are the members. Yes, I might have the final decision on something, but we built a three-year plan using uh, all of our leaders. Uh, we tapped our, our chapter members. So I really did that, Paul, and stayed on because I am a builder and I knew that I could really add value that would be appreciated. So now, now my danger is, you know, do they need a builder? Mm. And we still need a builder. I'll stay on there uh, at least another year and I'll be an active member in the chapter. But uh, that, that's kind of what happened. But it started with an invitation. Somebody started gave with an invitation. invitation. It started with a kiss. You know, people say, no, yeah, sorry. Look at, that. <laughs> look at that. Look at where we are now. Yes. Yeah. So that, that is, uh, it's also powerful that you decided to latch on to an industry that you are continuing to grow into as a speaker yourself. Why would you suggest any listener to join their industry's association? Oh, birds of a feather, something like that, uh, that you can fly together. When you find, quote, your people, the people that love quilting as much as you do, or fly fishing, or public speaking, you, you just name it. Um, when you find those people, you know it, you can feel it, and you can feel like um, you have something definitely to give, and you have something to receive. So I think it's the energy of the exchange. Um, doesn't mean you don't want to be part of other diverse groups, and you know, if you've never quilted before, stick yourself in a quilt show just so you can walk around and be amazed. It might be something you'd like to do, or it might be, check, I looked. But I think that's the benefit in your industry. You get to meet other people who are in your world. You can share successes. You can share failures. And frankly, you can just build a, a network that understands your language. Uh, understands your challenges in that particular industry. So I would always get involved. Always. 
Yeah, a lot of good reasons there. The energy exchange. See, we've got another hashtag. Igniting innovation, energy exchange. I better write these down. These little two words uh, are are gems, yes. (laughs) Well, I love your personal branding, Denise, as a can-do-ologist. How did you land on that unique way to introduce yourself, that niche? Oh, that's a wonderful question I'm happy to share. Um, not at the best time in my life. I had just lost my soulmate of many, many years. Uh, but I had someone challenge me. Actually, it was Mark Levy. Mark Levy challenged me. I had hired him as a branding coach. And I hired him to help me really stretch me. You know what? I, I do believe I had the answer. I believe we all have the answer, but sometimes we need that person that can just stretch it or beat it out of us. And (laughs) I had tried like, you know, online or something, the six points to, you know, securing your brand that, that was too one-sided for me. Nobody was saying really, Denise, seriously, you can't do better. Really? (laughs) And I knew that's what I needed. I can provide that for others and stretch others, but I didn't have anybody at the time. So Mark asked me to write my obituary. And I said, oh man, uh, we'll talk about timing. And then I thought, no, it's a good, yeah, try it. The worst thing that can happen is I'll put the pen down or the keyboard and say, forget it. Right, right. So I think I misunderstood the assignment, but I <laughs> started, I think he wanted me to go back because now I can see it if I go back. But I misunderstood. I wrote my obituary from that day forward. Okay. Oh, she went on to inspire millions of people because I know that's my purpose on her. And uh, like you said in my bio, my love for uh, leopard and bling manifested itself into an accessory line for you and your home. Oh, heck, I don't even have a word on a page for a business plan. (laughs) I mean, it is just out there. Right, right. Uh, and then I remembered a letter that I received from a staff member when I left the association that always was super meaningful to me. And her name's Karina. And Karina said something about, Denise, thank you for, you know, living your brand so I could live mine. And I thought, mm. oh, yes, yes. Oh. She said something like your guts your leadership, your can-do attitude, your something. And I put that in my obituary. And of course I died at 102. I'm going to die. I'm going to die at a hundred. Still in good mental and physical health. Yes. Surrounded by a ton of nieces and nephews. Yes. And here's the, the, the clincher. My weight will finally match my driver's license <laughs> when I die at a hundred. so I wrote that and when I read it out loud to Mark I said oh my gosh that's it can do Mm. I don't know any different that is the natural me I'm wired that way I just always think of what's possible Mm -hmm. why not why not try uh doesn't mean I don't spin out and you know get Mm -hmm. stuck doesn't mean I have a negative moment. It, it matters how long you stay there. Yeah. And so that's really how it was mm. born. It was like, oh, can do. Oh my gosh. I am a can doologist. 
And then I began to test that with a few people. And I was on the phone with some VC and some other project folks. They didn't even know me. Mm-hmm. And the conversation ensued and they could see my title. And all of a sudden the gentleman goes, well, Denise, let's ask uh, your opinion. Uh, you are our can And I was like, oh, okay. And I definitely had an opinion about the project. And I thought, man, it really, really does resonate with people. And so I, that, that's how the can-do, can-doologist. And of course, it wouldn't be big enough unless I thought about creating a new category for the universe. So that's called can-doology. And so can-doers and can-doologists, a higher level of a can-doer, we practice this art of can-doology, you know, getting the right things done despite the circumstances. Mm. You know, we find a way and we don't settle, but we have to, we also have to be realistic. Nobody has unlimited time, money, resources, So that's, you know, write your obituary. Have you done that, Paul? I have. I have. It is a great activity to do because once you think about that, who do you want to be there also at your memorial service, right? Who, what do you, what do you not want them to say about you? Not that you're going to write that in there, but you're going to be thinking about, I want to live into that. That is the whole purpose of writing that activity is, is saying, I want to live into that. And it starts today. I love how you started it from like, now and right now. moved on because that's all you can control now yeah. is, is from here forward yeah oh that is so good it's super powerful yeah yeah I, I had a friend challenge me years ago to write uh just give all my closest friends seven questions like when do you see me at my best uh what do you think i need to let go of what do you think if there were there were seven questions i still saved one of the responses it was so powerful and everybody of course was so loving about it and because they, they were for me they were for my success and I love how you, in a way, you did that with that one person who used the can-do word, and then you just latched on to that as, yeah, yeah, that's it. So sometimes we can just pick that up from the people we love the most and pick up on some verbiage from them. Well, hey, let's take a quick break. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can find out more about me on LinkedIn. I'm Paul D. Casey. And my guest, Denise Gable, that's G-A-B-E-L, on LinkedIn as well. We'll be right back after the break. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye. Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug and play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more, and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. 
If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back. I'm here with Denise Gable. We're having a great time talking about how to be a can-do-ologist. And Denise, you did the hard work of writing a book. Congratulations. Thank you. Do a shameless plug for the can-do mindset. Oh, yes. The book is called The Can-Do Mindset, How to Make Things Happen with Enthusiasm. So it's all about the can-do mindset. Uh, You'll be thirsty to get this because it's not yet quite available. So within the next month, at the time this podcast airs, you'll be able to buy it on Amazon in paperback. You'll be able to download an ebook. You can always go to canduology.com with hyphens. We're different. Can hyphen do hyphen O-L-O-G-Y. Canduology.com and you'll find all the information there. So oh, that's yeah, gonna be so wonderful. That's, that's yes. no wonder more people don't write books. That was a labor of love. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, change is one of your can-do messages. As a speaker, as an author, how do you help your clients see change as a good thing, not something to dread? Oh, another good question. Change. Once you wrap your mind around, the constant is change. You don't see it as an event or something else that's happening like sometimes it's not and then it is the real answer is it always is it always is you change what time you left work from your original plan somebody changed tacos to some kind of fish uh, for <laughs> dinner you know despite what they said when you left in the morning uh, the traffic is different so once and then it you know, escalates there as far as events that make you think of a triggered event. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing is to uh, rewire your thinking that change is every day. It's always, it's 24 seven. It's how we respond. And some of those changes are much more impactful, much, much bigger, much, uh, much uh, a bigger interruption to your rhythm. You know, losing my husband, OMG. Mm-hmm. Now that was a shock to my rhythm and to my life. Yeah. I wasn't sure what do I do for breakfast? I know what Dennis and I did, but what, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in managing that change, it was on a greater scale, but I always woke up every day the same way thinking there's going to be change today. And that can be a good thing too. You know, when you are so sad, when you are so worried, challenged, you know, those are more in the negative frame. The good news is the calendar, you know, goes forward. The clock ticks forward and tomorrow will be different. You don't know yet, but it will be different. And sometimes that can be something that will pull you into the future and manage change just knowing. So that was a long answer, but you know, the first thing to realize is it's not a spotted uh, event. Yeah, it is. 
It is. It and is. I love. I love just waking up saying there's going to be change today. I mean, if you if you hey, if I you can't wait to identify what it is. <laughs> that is a leaning forward kind of a posture. It's not a a cringing like oh no, change yeah, is coming no. today. No, you know you're going to go into work and who knows maybe they'll announce a new reorganization. It seems to happen every spring. Right. Right. It's right. like. Fair enough. Must be a reason. And how do I fit into that? Where can I give my gifts? And how can I maximize all this change around me? Because yeah, you wake up every morning and go, hey, here's another good day for change. What a different mindset. What a positive, enthusiastic mindset. And, and you even make it more constructive by saying, how can I fit into that change, right? Let's, I'm not going to be just a spectator of that. No, no, no. I'm going to be a participant in the change. So, and, uh, and we'll get to it in a little bit. I want to ask you about like finding your power, you know, and uh, that I'm sure that's a very empowering statement uh, to use. Talk to me, uh, Denise, so you've been in leadership. So leaders are always bringing change because they're trying to get to this vision. They're trying to stay on mission. They can't rest on their laurels. They can't solve yesterday's or today's problems with yesterday's wisdom. So leaders are always messing with people's lives, you know, bringing change in and they get resistance. Um, besides what you've already shared, what advice would you give to leaders to, to help them be um, uh, a change leader, a change manager? Boy, several things come to mind. I'll tell you a short story that'll give us a visual and then remind me to close with a uh, this thought with a, a model that helps leaders, especially with communication. Uh, my first example is, why is it that when the leader wants to you know, develop a new product, a new service, new branch location, a new process, it can be hard. It can feel like pushing a rock up a hill. And yet, a potluck can be organized in three locations in about two hours for the next day and come off without a hitch. <laughs> you know, why is that? And the lessons are within, you know, on the potluck, you don't overcomplicate. Sometimes we overcomplicate mm -hmm. as a leader, we overcomplicate the project. So we don't overcomplicate a uh, potluck. We don't build a spreadsheet and make you upload the recipe. And oh my word, that's just too much. Um, sometimes we tell people what to bring. Okay. We need three desserts, two main dishes, and you know, some chips in between. Other times we just say potluck and let people use their natural gifts and talents to make it happen. Mm. Yeah. And people have asked me, oh my gosh, what happens if everybody brings dessert? Right. <laughs> okay, what would you say? What then we eat a lot of dessert. We go out Bingo. and we buy some chicken. <laughs> Bingo. We're like, score. Look at how much uh, dessert we have. And yes, likely someone will do live innovation, live problem solving and say, why don't we order some chicken? Great idea. So the leader didn't have to take that time to say, now be sure and bring, right? But we do on a project. Yep. We do on a project. We just take ourselves too seriously as the leader on the project. Think more like a potluck. 
play to people's strengths and their gifts. They will naturally share them. Who's got a bunch of attention to detail for building a facility? I hope that person's on the team. <laughs> I hope you talk to them because they're going to notice the plugins are in the wrong spot. Yep. You know, the other people, you know, lucky to get all the color scheme right, but completely forgot about plugins. Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty the leader needs to tap. Know the gifts and strengths of the team and let them give their gifts. Give them as much guidance and as little guidance mm. is, you know, as needed. And same kind of thing. Support them and don't micromanage. Get out of the way. Um, the, the 3D model of communication. It's in the book. I believe you can download it in the toolkit from the website. Define, design, and deliver. And there's a format for you. So you say, we are going to have, you know, a potluck in multiple locations on Friday. Pretty clear. We're going to do it physically in our three facilities on Friday. So you state the objective, define. Mm -hmm. Design, you're going to tell them who and how. So I would like uh, all of you to participate and self-identify a leader. Or I would like you, Patrick, to lead. Just be clear on what you want as the leader. And then the how. Um, please make sure that it's cleaned up by Saturday morning because there's another group coming in. And no crock pots. We had a fire last time, for those of you that don't remember. <laughs> but if those are your only two things, that's all you need to stay. Don't keep going. And then what are you going to have? You know, I expect accountability. I expect everybody to be involved and support Patrick as our leader. And when we finish, we are going to celebrate by organizing the second event, or we're going to celebrate by, you know, giving gift cards. This was already organizing a celebration, but you're mm -hmm. clear on what are you trying to accomplish? Who limited, how, and then the, uh, what, how are we going to be accountable and how are we going to celebrate? So it helps you not skip a step. True. True. Wow. Great model. The potluck. See, that's always going to stay with me. And, and that's the power of story and power of metaphor and example. So thank you for that. Absolutely. I love teaching on change, but uh, now I'm stealing it. Sorry. Okay. Go for the potluck. <laughs> yeah. Stealing the potluck. Say, uh, <laughs> oh, I taught this to a couple of teams and I used to say, you know, rule number three. I mean, there's like five rules behind it. You know, talent really matters. People want to give their gifts. Sure. And related to that was people want to roll their own, you know, like <laughs> they want to give their most unique gifts. And yeah. uh, a person along the way said, Denise, that's going to be called now the sushi rule. And I said, thank you for taking it in the sushi direction. <laughs> that's not where I went with my mind first, but yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. so There's another metaphor, but yeah, the potluck's a good one. We do not over-engineer potlucks as leaders. And we're oftentimes completely comfortable delegating that. So just gauge that with the level of your project as a leader and see if you're over-engineering. Mm -hmm. Seeing and pursuing possibilities and thinking big appear to be some other messages that you encourage. 
how can a person put themselves in a position to both see and lean into those potentially incredible possibilities? Wow, that's part of that mindset when you wake up in the morning. Yep. You know, there's going to be change and up out of bed and then thinking, well, what is possible? Um, I think with that one, what comes to mind is, you know, some of the brain food that's needed, you know, to, to really think bigger. Uh, you, you, you can stretch yourself, you know, in a conscious frame and say, well, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, and you'll get something bigger. Then you can also use some uh, games and some uh, tools to feed yourself more uh, what I call brain food. For example, you want the team to think big about how to sell more pizza. Well, one of the old uh, time ways in corporate is you take out the marker, you take out the uh, piece flip of white chart. paper, yeah, right? Yeah. The flip chart. Ready, go. And it's <laughs> like writing a letter. You're like, dear John. And then your brain doesn't have any food. It nope. just kind of, and it stays in the same lane without being stretched. That brain stays in the same lane and you come up with, well, we could offer a promotion. We could offer a rate discount. Well, yes. And we know all those, mm -hmm. but what if you put some brain food in and said, how would Starbucks do it? How would Starbucks sell more pizza? Well, it'd be smashed in a cup. You know, you could order it ahead. It would come in a cup and you'd just dig it out. It'd be easier to eat. And you would definitely be able to order it through an app. And you see how your mind yeah. is now going. Well, how would Amazon do it? Well, they give you other, you know, options to buy with it. And by gosh, at some point, a drone would just drop it on your front door. <laughs> uh, so that creates the spark, which creates the opportunity for people to think bigger. Basically it's staying out of your own lane. You know, if you and I were going to make candy, I don't know. I, maybe you're smarter than I am, but I don't know a darn thing about making candy. No. And that, that is a strength because when you and I go to the candy maker, we're going to ask if we could like, you know, toast some Doritos with tamales at 350 degrees. <laughs> now they may say, well, there will be an explosion because this happens yeah. But you and I don't know any better. Um, we're actually thinking big and willing to try something brand new because what we call dumb is your friend. You know, in innovation, <laughs> that's actually a powerful tool that you don't know as much. Yeah. And having that fresh, uh, those fresh eyes ask the, you know, we would say the dumb question, but it's not a dumb question. No, makes dumb everybody question. think and go like, why do we do it that way? And what, what if we did try that thing that you just said, but oh, we can't do that, but we can play off of that and transfer it to what we're doing. Oh, that, that, yeah, such good right. stuff. Right. I was in a mastermind group uh, last week that we played the game. What would be even better than that? So you put the, the idea on the table and then the first per, you ask the first person, what would be even better than that? And they have to up it. And then you go to the next person with your same idea. What would be even better than that? And what would be even better than that? So after four people, yeah. your idea has just gone like 10x. <clears throat> I love that. Isn't that fun? Yes, that's fun. It, 
you don't take anything away. There's another key to that exercise is you're not saying, well, we tried that or that'll <laughs> never work. That's not permitted. That's nope. that's real yes. And what would make it even bigger, better? Ooh, I'm yeah. gonna I'll, I'll have to steal that from you. Yeah, like do it. it. Do like it. That. It was it was fun. Well, there are a lot of can't doologists out in the world, isn't it, said uh, Denise? Do you recommend us trying to convince them of the alternative or simply not let ourselves get under their wet blanket? What would you say when you run into a can't doologist? Well, <laughs> big sigh. Like, oh. sigh. First, <laughs> we better be good at identifying whether they are truly an Eeyore and there is no hope or they're just barely in the Eeyore camp because they haven't had an opportunity to see what's possible in this yeah. can-do mindset. Mm -hmm. And of course, the dream, you know, is to find those people in their life that might be at the Y in the road. They've not been surrounded by our type of energy and what's possible. And, you know, they have a choice on which path to take. So- yep. I really think first, let's be make make sure before we pronounce them forever, Eeyore, we got to be right. <laughs> and maybe they'll tell us, maybe they'll tell us, you know, uh, that it's just not for them. Fair enough. We're not going to convince them. Um, but I, I think we, we just get first good at identifying some people are potentially closed off because they've just never had the opportunity, mm -hmm. never been surrounded by it. And that's our job. We got to get out there and and show people what's possible and demonstrate. Mm. Show people what's possible and demonstrate. Yes. So good. Be active. We are, we have more influence than we think. Absolutely. With, uh, those people around us. Mm. Remember they're watching. We're all watching each other. Well, you're a great role model, Denise, of standing in your own power. And uh, you know, I've heard that phrase for years. I have clients say, okay, I've heard that for years. What does that mean to stand in your own power on a practical level? How does that play out? Well, a couple of things come to mind there. Uh, on a practical level, I'll, I'll go back to a story with Connie. Connie uh, passed away from aggressive dementia at a fairly young age. Uh, she is, was a sister of a good friend of mine. So Connie was able to read the chakras. You know, she, uh, her sister called it woo woo. <laughs> uh, but uh, Connie came to my house one time and I thought, wow, with Connie's powers, I will ask her this burning question that I have just to confirm, because I know I'm right on what my next career path move would be. And I just know it. I just need to have her confirm it. And I've never had a woo-woo uh, person uh, sitting close to me. So we were sitting at the kitchen counter and I said, hey, Connie, will I be a CEO one day, Connie? Will I? <laughs> and she said so loving and gently, no. And she must have seen the horror in my face. Because then she brought her second sentence and she said, no, because there's something much greater for you in the universe, Denise. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, it's time to go to bed. That, yeah, you bet. Let's wrap this up. It scared <laughs> me to death. Wow. I had been planning this career. I knew that was my next step. Who was she now, right? Now she's mm -hmm. incompetent. Right. Who was 
she to tell me no. And then what was bigger in the universe? Oh, that just exploded my mind. Mm -hmm. But it always stayed in the back of my mind that what if Connie was right, but I don't know what Connie meant. And so I just kept paying attention, paying attention. I still was developing myself toward that uh, executive path. And at the same time, I was exploring a bit more public speaking, a bit more training, uh, dabbled in a little bit of improv. And suddenly I was standing on a big stage, big audience. And I called Connie uh, from the parking lot and said, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I can feel that I am to be inspiring millions of people. And this is my life's work. I've been doing it through leadership positions, team building, sure, uh, being a good community member. And now I realize, oh my gosh, this is my life's purpose. I'm in my authentic power. Now, here's another very practical that Connie taught me. Because at one point in my life, I had lost a little bit of balance and I was kind of unsure. And Connie's advice, if you want to bake the brownies, bake the brownies. I said, oh man, that, like, you got to explain that. That's deep. <laughs> he said, okay, here's the deal. You're sitting at home and you're thinking, wow, you know, I should probably make some brownies and take them into the team meeting tomorrow because, you know, I haven't done that in some time. And like, if I do, I mean, the new people will realize, you know, I'm really a team player. And at the same time, I think, you know, John would think that I was contributing because he and I had, you know, kind of a bad discussion last week. And so see how the answer. Whoa, was yeah. Yeah. And she said, what you need to do is be able to stand in your authentic power when, so that you don't bake the brownies. If that's the long discussion, don't bake brownies. Mm -hmm. Because when you get into that environment and someone says to you, Denise, wonderful. Why did you bake the brownies? You want to be standing as tall as you possibly can. And you want to say, I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Nothing mm -hmm. more. And so that has stuck with me a long time too, thanks to Connie, uh, Linda's sister, because do you really want to bake the brownies? Bake the brownies. If you're baking in more of this complexity about why and you know, you're borderline manipulative or just thinking yeah. way too hard. Yeah, overthinking for sure. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do Take it. And power. That's being able to speak up in a professional, you know, rational way, but stand in your own power. And that I think over time, what I realized was that sometimes we need someone to stretch us into our full potential. Yes. Yeah. That, that's what I got out of that was, you know, most of us don't go to that next level without being pushed a little bit with those inspiring words that, that took us there. Oh, great stuff. Well, last two questions. What do you want to promote for our listeners, personal leadership development, and how can our listeners best contact you and all you have to offer? All right. Shameless pitch. Yes. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, and Paul, I can't wait to meet you in person. Uh, for your listeners, thank you for listening. You have a choice and can-doers have a choice. All of us have a choice every day, what we fuel our minds with, uh, definitely our body. I'm not an expert in that. Uh, but what you fill your mind with, who you're surrounded by. So uh, in gratitude, thank 
thank you for listening and being part of, of Paul's community. You can find me at canduology.com. Remember, there's hyphens, we're different. <laughs> Can-do-ology.com. I'm Denise at canduology.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. And uh, by the time this airs, we will have a launch date for the book, which should be in July that the book will be available. I would be more than happy to come ignite the can-do mindset for you and your community. Just find me and let's talk about how, not if, but what can we do? What can we do in this world together? Those are called can duets. Let's create a can duet. Yes, yes. And, and for you that have never emailed Denise, she's labeled herself the Denise. And so I can't wait to meet the Denise tomorrow. <laughs> do you know why? Uh, and I'll be probably sunsetting that because once you meet me, it does fit. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, there's only one me and I, I genuinely believe there's only one you. Uh, but if you haven't met me, it's like the Denise, really? Wow. Uh, but I wanted to just be Denise. Yeah. You right, know, right. Well, Celine, Ellen, I just wanted to be Denise. And then there wasn't that option. So now it's Denise, the Canduologist, here for you, here to change this world and inspire millions. Yes. Thank you again for all the value you added today. And uh, keep inspiring millions, Denise. Thank you, Paul. Keep doing your good work, too. So I have some takeaways from Denise today. Again, so many, too many to mention at the end of a podcast, but uh, uh, beware of the idea seagulls that swoop in and drop an idea and expect people to carry it out. <laughs> that one was just funny. I, have, I, had to, I had to bring that one back up again. Uh, we talked about uh, change and waking up and saying, there's gonna be change today, just to have that uh, mindset to go in. How can I fit into that change? That's uh, going to make you way more positive and leaning into it. The potluck example was amazing for not over overcomplicating change. Let people run with their strengths, talents, uh, problem solve along the way. Get out of the way. Just give enough clarity as much or as little as needed. And then to think bigger, ask that what if question. Ask it five times in a row and do activities that feed the brain because if you just keep operating on the same line of thinking, you're never going to think bigger. The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. And remember, if you learn something, but you don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems will start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. Hey, a free tool I'd like to bring your way. If you'd like my one sheet on 19 ways to nurture your creativity, email me at growingforward at paulcasey.org. And let's work out that right side of our brain, friends. Thank you for listening to episode 24. Hopefully you've told your achiever friends about this podcast. Please spread the word for those who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 